0: Welcome to the Martech
1: Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss why mobile is still the first and most important screen. Joining us is Gabrielle Heyman, who is the head of global brand partnerships at Zenga, which is a global leader in interactive entertainment with a mission to connect the world through games. With a massive global reach in more than 175 countries and regions, Zynga has a diverse portfolio of popular game franchises that have been downloaded more than 4 billion times on mobile devices, and their list of games includes Farmville, Harry Potter, Words with Friends, and Zynga Poker. Yesterday, Gabriel and I took a look at the mobile gaming industry, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about why mobile is still the first screen. All right. Here's the second part of my conversation with Gabrielle Heyman, the head of Global Brand Partnerships at Zynga. Gabrielle, welcome back to the Martech podcast.
2: Great to be back.
1: Excited to have you back on the show and excited to continue our conversation. I learned a lot yesterday about the mobile gaming industry. And admittedly, I say I'm not a gamer, like I assume a lot of people do, but I end up having lots of casual games on my phone and I play them time to time. So... I guess I am a gamer like most people, and the reason is, well, I've got this thing in my pocket that's always grabbing my attention. I'm sitting on the bus in San Francisco, and I don't really want to deal with the goings-on around me. I pull out my phone. Maybe I've already cleared my inbox. Maybe I'm bored of Facebook. What am I going to do? How about a game? Maybe I'm on an airplane. Maybe I'm just trying to get my kids to play something to give me a minute A lot of what I correlate the success of the gaming industry to is the rise of the adoption of mobile phones. So talk to me about where gaming is and why mobile has been such an amazing growth engine for the gaming industry.
2: Well, I think you nailed it. You can take your phone anywhere. So the phone is ubiquitous in our daily lives now. We sleep with it next to us We have it while we're watching TV. We have it in all of those in-between moments. You mentioned them when you're traveling. I see people all the time at airports, on airplanes, playing games. I mean, it's really everywhere. And yesterday we talked about how there's this really big overlap between mobile gamers and console gamers. You can't take a PS5 like with you on the subway. So what are you going to do if you love to game?
1: Isn't there the Nintendo Switch, my friends, families, the kids all have Switches instead of like iPads and iPhones?
2: Yeah, my kids, we have like several Switches running around this house and the iPads and the phones.
1: Do I need to get a Switch?
2: They're fun. It is portable. So that's the same thing. But it is a different experience than going to the app store and downloading a game, which is a lot, I find, much easier experience on an iPad or an iPhone or Android for that matter. So the ubiquity of that device and the ultra portability of it, of course, has made pretty much, I think the latest stat I read is like 70% of people who have a smartphone are playing games on their phone. So we at Zynga would define you as a gamer if you're playing a game. That's the definition of a gamer, someone who plays games, whether it's on mobile or console or wherever.
1: Color me gamer. Fine, fine. Everybody... I'm a gamer. You got me.
2: There you go. All
1: right. So let's talk a little bit about mobile. In SEO, in marketing, we think about mobile first. Google's moved towards a mobile-only crawl. I had a debate with a friend of mine the other day that apps are irrelevant now, which his rationale is the web experience has got universally adopted. And with HTML5, there's no real need for a discrete, separate app environment except that people go to the app store to download experiences. So instead of going to a web page, they go to the app store because it's a different marketing vehicle, but there's no difference between an app and going to a really robust mobile website. I'm sure most people would argue with that in the development community and the technical community. But when you think about mobile gaming, is it all apps-based? Is there browser-based games? What's the environment like? And How should you think about optimizing the mobile experience?
2: Yeah, I mean, if you were only doing mobile games on a browser, I think you'd have a really finite experience and wouldn't be able to access most of the content. So apps are definitely essential. We have some web games. Most of them are on Facebook. So you can play Words of Friends, for example, on Facebook web but the majority of our games are definitely through apps a hundred percent i mean the only game i play using my mobile browser is probably wordle that's it so i don't think apps are dead at all especially when you look at at gaming because as a gamer we want access to content we want access to options and so that obviously you can get on the app stores
1: so in SEO, like I mentioned, we think mobile first, right? I'm, I'm going to develop a website and I'm going to make sure that it renders correctly on mobile. I'm going to make sure that it fits the right screen size. And then I think about desktop second. You've got a little bit more of a complicated process here because obviously you've got the sort of ubiquitous adoption of the mobile phone. So now you can distribute your games to pretty much everyone, but there's also different environments. There's the Switch, there's the PS3, there's the Xbox, there's the... I'm sure I'm missing one. You got PC games. So when you're thinking about not only development, but distribution... How do you think about what game you're creating and what device or medium you're focusing on?
2: I think that you're talking a lot about desktop, but I'm not really thinking about desktop versus mobile. I'm thinking about TV versus mobile. So when I think about mobile as the first screen, for a long time, people described mobile as the second screen, that TV was the first screen and mobile was the second screen. And now I would argue that that's completely obviously in the inverse, that mobile's the first screen.
1: Because you're an entertainment company. So you think TV and then mobile.
2: Right. And also, you know, yesterday you mentioned a bit about like OTT and CTV. And it's interesting because I was talking to a colleague at the trade desk just yesterday about a lot of the same like ad tech challenges that they're having in mobile and app. Like with bidstream data, they're having the same challenges in CTV. So really like a CTV, it's like a separate app, right? You've got HBO Max, you've got Disney Plus. And then you've got all of our apps too. So again, desktop is just so 2005, like, come on. (laughs) No, I'm joking. Listen, I'm on my desktop all day, but this is about entertainment consumption. And frankly, I think a lot of the things that I do are a better experience in app versus on the browser for a lot of non-gaming platforms. But I don't want to digress.
1: That's actually an interesting point though. I, I do want to dig in there where, From an entertainment perspective, different than sort of a web development perspective, you're saying, hey, mobile is first. It's not the television. People are consuming entertainment on the go. And I guess that there is probably a demographic breakdown. I think that my parents, they're in their late 70s. When they think about consuming entertainment where most of their entertainment consumption happens, it's lying in a recliner with a big screen in front of them. They're not playing games on their TV. They're watching Netflix and probably the news most of the time. But when I think about my kids, 95% of it is on an iPad. So to me, it's like you're in front of the TV if you're elderly, you're hybrid if you're middle age, And when you're younger, you're using probably a different device because you don't have your own phone to walk around with. Am I making right assumptions about the device distribution?
2: Yes and no. The prime time for mobile gaming is the same time as television prime time. So evening hours is when most people are playing. Now, people are playing all day. They're playing when they wake up. They're playing before bed. They're playing late morning, afternoon. They're playing all day, which is why it's such a great medium for marketers where you can really reach people throughout the day. But regardless, entertainment is still consumed. Some things don't change. It's still consumed during those prime time hours. I don't know, what is it, like five till nine or something like that. So the thing that's happening is that the TV's on in the background and the mobile device is in their hands. So my kids, I also have kids, they're almost nine and 12. It was almost worth it just for my marketing career alone, because I get so many insights into how they're consuming media and entertainment and what they're doing. But you talked about the desktop. They're watching YouTube. I'm not talking YouTube TV. They're watching YouTube content creators on TV while they're playing games on their phone and iPad on the couch. So there's a lot of like cross consumption happening between TV and mobile. And you mentioned this in um one of the podcasts I was listening to. You guys were talking about why podcasts like draw people's attention like other mediums might not. And I was thinking about like when you're watching TV or watching YouTube, it's a really passive experience because you're sitting there and you're just watching. And obviously, when you're playing, you're doing things. So quite often, what I see with myself and in my household and with my partner is that they're missing a lot of what's happening on the TV screen. And I'm not even talking commercial breaks, like even content, because they're engrossed in their game and they're looking at their lap and what's in front of them.
1: Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Next. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's mutine dot co. I'm going to get in trouble for this one too. My wife gets so pissed that... I will sit there and scroll through my feeds or catch up on emails while we're spending our one hour of calm down adult time watching a show. And so, you know, we're sitting there watching Stranger Things and I'm on Instagram and she's like, are you going to pay attention? And I can be like, Here's the plot line. Here's what I think is going to happen next because I'm listening. I've been watching this show for five years and hey, I'm a podcast host. I'm a good listener and I can kind of figure out what's happening and do two things at once and it drives her nuts. She wants me to be actively engaged in this show that we're watching together and admittedly she does it sometimes too and then we get into an argument Anyway, we go.
2: On. My partner does the same thing except for he's not scrolling on Instagram. He's playing games because that's his thing. Here's the thing though. I would argue that Instagram, a lot of it is scroll, scroll, scroll. Maybe you're double tapping a like. I mean, gaming is active. You are doing something. So it's honestly harder to listen and pay attention to the TV when you're not just scrolling, where you're actually actively doing something. So. My partner always says that he's got it all, but then it'll come up when we're talking about a show the next day. And I'm like, you missed it because you were playing Empires and Puzzles.
1: Yeah, but he's bringing revenue to the company. So you can't be too upset. Give the guy a break.
2: Right, exactly. It's (laughs) one of our games. And I'm pretty liberal with game usage in my home because I work for a game publisher. But whether we should discuss it or not, I mean, I do think people's general attention spans are declining since the iPhone was introduced. And it's really interesting that for a lot of my friends just to have their kids watching a show together all together with no other device just together is like almost more quality time than when everyone's just sitting around with like phones and multiple devices at the same time
1: i went to the movies it was amazing i haven't gone to a movie in years it was top gun and i was like so rattled I don't know how to describe the sensation after the movies. And admittedly, Top Gun was like my favorite movie as a kid. So I was like geeked to watch this movie to begin with. But it was also the amount of stimulation with the audio and the video. And I didn't pull out my phone to get distracted for like two hours. And I walked out and I was like, oh, my God. That was like a totally different immersive environment and experience because when I'm at home, even if we're watching TV, I get distracted. I get up, I go get water, I play with my phone, whatever it is. And I forgot about two hours of just watching the same thing and getting through the whole story and actually focusing on it. And to bring this back into our conversation, there's obviously different types of screen. And we're saying, hey, mobile is first and mobile is the most important in the gaming industry but there are multiple different types of devices where I would say like, hey, television and movies kind of lump those together. But there's a difference between being in a movie theater and watching on a 75 inch TV at home. How do you think about the diversification of devices where mobile is first, but there is iPhones, there's phablets, there's tablets, there's Laptops, there's PCs. Like, what is actually mobile? Is it about I'm able to physically pick this device up and go with me? Or are you just defining it as it's the phone?
2: I think mobile is generally described as your mobile phone and iPads. Like, yeah, iPads are a little different. You're not necessarily talking on the phone with them. I mean, obviously, you can FaceTime, but you get what I'm saying. Typically, I think we lump those two together. So there's obviously your computer, your laptop, desktop, there's PC games. Back to what you were saying before really quick, though, the one place you can't use your phone is in a movie theater. That's like the only really place that you can't use your phone when you're consuming entertainment. And I saw Top Gun. It was so fun to see it. And I'm from LA, like I'm a native entertainment person, meaning when I grew up in ad sales, I was always working with movie studios. And so I'm so excited to see that category come back and people in seats. And by the way, gamers are major entertainment enthusiasts and they love going to movies opening weekend. So we have a lot of entertainment clients that work with us. But listen, I mean, there's, so many screens these days. I don't know what the point of your question was, but in terms of what we define as a mobile gamer, it is mobile and tablets basically. And then Nintendo Switch is considered a console. So even if the Switch is portable, which by the way, it doesn't have to be portable because you can plug it into a little dock and do it on your TV too. It just has this ability to kind of be the hybrid where you can take it with you or do it on your TV. And then obviously PlayStations and Xboxes are uh, locked in. Oh, and then we haven't even talked about Oculus, which is a whole other form of gaming that my family totally loves.
1: Okay, give me the two minutes on Oculus. (laughs) How big of a deal is Oculus? What are your thoughts? I am terrified to put Facebook over my eyes personally. How do you think about Oculus and how big of a deal is this?
2: I'm not here to give you any stats, but as a gaming expert, what I'm here to say, we have an Oculus. And just how about as a consumer too? We have an Oculus. I don't love it. My partner and my kids love it. It's a really interesting experience because it really is immersive for the person playing it. But if you're not in it, it's like pretty boring and annoying to watch, right? So in terms of what it does to your living room, it's like this very strange dynamic where like this person's in their own other world. My partner loves watching Netflix on it because it feels like this huge screen that's like an immersive, almost theater-like experience. But what's interesting about Oculus, of course, is the metaverse and playing games.
1: We could both sit on the same couch and watch Netflix together with our headphones on, pretending that we're not there.
2: I don't know if Netflix has that in there. There's an app where you can literally see the screen. Huge. I don't believe it's co-viewing. So you're future cast in there. It's not like currently what's happening. But what is happening is like my kids play this game. I'm not even sure what it's called. It's like tag in this virtual reality world. So they're on teams and they have people chasing them and they're chasing other people. And so they're talking to like Tommy from Kansas and they're playing Oculus together. So it's definitely an interesting platform.
1: Just don't do it in the second story of a building with the windows open.
2: That to me is what's so interesting about Oculus too, is just that I think we've all tried, or many of us have tried Oculus where you go to the top floor and you're walking a plank in like this high rise building. And it feels really scary. Like your heart is pumping, the adrenaline is going and it's, One of those things that how your brain doesn't know the difference between reality and not.
1: I meant literally don't walk around near an open window with one of those things on.
2: (laughs) No, we wouldn't do that. But you can do that fun with the fun experience virtually with your Oculus on.
1: That does not sound like a fun experience. All right. I can bitch about Oculus and Facebook and covering your eyes and completely leaving reality all day long, but I'll save my moral judgments for another podcast. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech podcast. Thanks to Gabrielle Heyman, the head of global brand partnerships at Zanga for joining us. Join us again tomorrow when Gabrielle and I wrap up our conversation talking about why hyper casual gaming is a marketer's secret weapon. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Gabrielle, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is Gab Heyman, That's G-A-B-H-E-Y-M-A-N. Or you can visit her company's website. For marketers, it's ZyngaAds.com. Z-Y-N-G-A-A-D-S.com. Of course, you can always go to Zynga.com if you're into gaming.